Songe Zomapepe on SAFM. Well, there's a new sheriff in town. His name is Joseph Robinette Biden, assisted by Kamala Harris. Good evening, Miss Joanna Leblanc. Your thoughts, please. You must be in a decidedly different mood as one who is based in Washington. Give us a sense as to the air and its crispness following yesterday's historic inauguration of the 46th president of the U.S. Good afternoon, uh, Songezo, and thank you so much for having me on. Um, uh, indeed, today is a new day in America. We have a new government, uh, which has been installed. Uh, but the reality is that um, the Biden administration is charged uh, with the task of um, uniting this country, one, two, um, uh, restore America's democracy, and three, strengthen um, America's global standing um, all over the world, obviously, um, which has um, significantly significantly declined under um, um, uh, his predecessor, right? Um, so, so uh, it's a lot of work that needs to be done, and, and uh, we are we are hopeful uh, that um, there will be uh, progressive and aggressive um, policies on the books um, that will be implemented um, to ensure that. Uh, we properly respond um, to um, the COVID pandemic, which has killed um, over 400,000 people here in America and has left uh, over 8 million uh, infected and, and, and also uh, you know, disrupt, disrupted our, our economy in the United States and globally. Um, so so it's, it's a lot happening, and, and there's a lot of work that needs to be done by this administration. Talking about the lot of work that this administration has done, one of their key or rather already gasping decisions that President Biden has taken is to perhaps relieve of his duties the Surgeon General of the United States because his message under the Trump administration certainly will not and does not accord with that of the Biden administration. For instance, the Surgeon General of the U.S. previously would have said that masks are not helpful and that the flu is more dangerous than COVID-19. And I think this is now the kinds of hardcore decisions that have to be made, popular or unpopular. The point is, as you have said, there's a lot of hard work that has to be done, and some of that hard work requires hard decisions. Absolutely, absolutely. And and, and, um, um, and this administration um, thankfully believes in in the science, right? They they understand uh, uh, the importance of research. Um, this administration, their their career politicians, um, their people who are part of the establishment, uh, which you know could work uh, in the favor of of the American people and also against um, the Americans, because as we know politicians um, tend to have a, a negative um, reputation, um, especially here in Washington D.C. Um, getting elected afterwards, uh, not 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 executing um, the mandate of, of the people. Uh, but I think um, Joe Biden, um, considering his age, um, I think he wants to leave a, a better legacy behind because um, we saw during the camping trail he was um, highly scrutinized and criticized uh, regarding some of his previous policies that he had supported, which one um, had disproportionately impacted people of color, sent um, um, thousands of black men to jail and broke up so many different families, uh, and, and we could go on and on about some of his some of the previous policies which are supported. But I think at his age, he really wants to leave a better legacy behind, and he wants to do well by the people of America and ensure that America is a country where everybody can thrive, regardless of your race, 
um, your socioeconomic status or who you voted for. We appreciate that. 2019, Ms. Joanna Leblanc, who's a national security expert and a foreign policy expert based in the United States. Among some of the things she has done, she's made numerous trips to Guantanamo Bay in relation to prison rights and related Civil rights and liberties, I suppose, if one can call it that. She's a national of Haiti, based in the United States. She's got a doctorate of laws, so be very sure to engage her on 011-714-2006. She's, of course, based in Washington, and she does this across the continent and the United States, giving us some of her insights. Let's move on then, Ms. Joanna LeBlanc. Let's talk about the diversity of the cabinet. Let's talk about some of the key appointments in relation to defense in national intelligence agency the cia as well as in foreign affairs secretary of state mr mr biden president biden has not been afraid to endorse black people to endorse women at large and to essentially be consistent with his campaign messaging that the time for change and healing and particularly unification in the united states has come after what has been a tragic four years Absolutely. I, I, I think it's um, his his um, cabinet is somewhat of a reflection even of of his idea, ideas and in, in, um, uniting the country and making sure that uh, um, in the, the American government, the, those at the highest level, um, is a representation of, um, of, of, of the makeup of, of the country. We know America is the melting pot. Um, we have people from all over the world. Um, and that's what makes America such a great nation, right? Uh, but I, and he's also been criticized for not having uh, um, sufficient people of color in key positions within his um, within high cabinet level positions. And and, and you know uh, you know if you had asked me this question perhaps you know uh, five years ago about I, I understand the importance of of of, of having um, people of color in in, in significant roles. I, I, I symbolically I know what it means. Uh, but, but what I'm more concerned about, to be frank with you, are people that are going to be in position who will use that position to actually effect change. Because sometimes you have people that may look like you, but not necessarily have your best interest at heart, right? Um, so so um, I'm more concerned about the experiences of, of the people that he has appointed. Uh, again, I do want to see more people of color. Don't, don't get me wrong on that. But my biggest my biggest focus is people who actually have the experience and the expertise that can move this country forward and move um, the agenda to, to the next level to ensure that America um, uh, regain its global dominance and to ensure that um, we're able to um, uh, bring back jobs um, to this great nation. That's my, my big, biggest focus. Um, but you see, um, uh, most of the people that he appointed, those are career politicians, right? Those are people that were, um, after the Obama administration, um, had left um, the, 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 the American um, federal government system. He brought a lot of those people back. So you see, like, this is like an extension of the Obama administration. So this is kind of interesting. But then again, he was also the vice president for eight years. Let's talk about the Obama years. The Obama years for Africa were a terrible time. We saw the Arab Spring. We saw particularly what it has occasioned on Libya. At all material times, Joe Biden was second in command, so he knows exactly what was going on in relation to U.S. foreign policy and its implementation as it pertains to the continent. Hillary Clinton as well was their Secretary of State. Of course, Donald Trump did not have an interest on the African continent. We might assume the Democrats through 
President Biden would. The question is, what is that relationship of foreign policy in relation to Africa? What might it look like from the United States? Because frankly speaking, and I speak only for myself, the less engaged the U.S. is on African affairs, the better. And the four, eight years of Obama versus the four years of Trump are exactly why the difference has been stark. Well, the, the, the reality is that uh, we saw the Trump administration uh, was, was, uh, was, you know, anti-globalization, right? Um, he was kind of like hands-off, allow countries to um, dictate their own destinies, which some could argue was to the, to the best interest of the continent and also to the detriment of the continent simultaneously, right? Um, but we know his story tells us Democrats tend to be more more involved and more engaged um, in, 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 in a way that some have found to be um, anti-democratic in terms of imposing some of the um, views on, on, on different African governments, right? Um, but, but most importantly, I think this is an opportunity uh, for the African continent. This is a new government. Um, so, so African governments across the continent, the continent uh, must take control of, of their country's um, destiny as it relates to bilateral and trade relations, right? Uh, it, it, because, you know, oftentimes you see that policies come out coming out of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, the U.S. Congress, um, um, the, the State Department, the, the financial institutions are not necessarily a representation of the will of the people on the ground, right? So, so um, I think governments must take the front um, you have embassies here in D.C. which represent those governments. Um, they have to be very active in reaching out to those governments. And, and when reports come out about your country, and whether it's about human rights, whether it's about governance, whether it's about uh, infrastructure, um, if the reports are not consistent with the reality on the ground, appeal, um, uh, request for the report um, to, 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 to be withdrawn and resubmitted based on the information that you, you've provided. Because oftentimes policies are left unchecked, and then they're they're left and then they're executed by USAID or the State Department in those respective countries. So the African government must take a front seat approach in controlling its destiny, because at the end of the day, um, you know, countries have relationships with other other nations. It, that's how the world operates. Um, but for it to be a beneficial for all actors, right, because the continent is a strategic partner to the United States when it comes to dealing with issues around counterterrorism, um, insurgencies, and, and so on, and so many other, uh, other issues, uh, you, you must ensure those policies are also beneficial to your nation and your people. It's interesting you say that because, for the most part, in the absence of the West, global West anyway, we are now seeing the emergence and the infiltration, um, and I use the word advisedly, of China. China has got some strong pull and leverage on the continent, and I suppose Africa is soon now going to be the contested turf between the global West, North as you like it, Europe and America in particular, and the emergence of China and the fact that South Africa being the conduit between Africa and China through its involvement with BRICS, the next big power block in geopolitics. Your thoughts around that? Well, I, I think that, um, you know, during the pandemic, we saw how the United States government withdrew from the World Health Organization, right? And when that happened, um, it further pushed away 
African continent, the African continent rather, to strengthen its ties with with other partners such as China. Um, because one thing people will never forget is that who were there for me in times of need. Of need. And you know, um, you know, Vice President Kamala Harris. Uh, um, simplified foreign policy, foreign relations uh, for us during the campaign. And she said, foreign policy is doing what you said you would do for your friends and being there for your friends and your allies in times of need. But what we saw during this pandemic was the former administration turn its back on, 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 on the Asian continent when, we, when it withdrew from the World Health Organization, essentially left the continent to build other allies. And another point that I would like to make, um, because in this fight um, the U.S. has with, with China, and to be frank with you, the Biden administration's posture towards China is not going to be any different from the posture that um, the, the, the Trump administration had, right? Um, but what's going to be different is that, is that I believe the Biden administration is going to work with its strategic partners and allies to go against China, to crush China, essentially, in this trade war between those two countries, right? Uh, but, but, but however, comma, you know, uh, you know, re- you know, ensuring that, like, when it comes to the issue of the vaccination, right, for this COVID pandemic, um, rich nations, including the United States, must not hoard the vaccines uh, only for, for their people. We need to ensure that um, the developing nations across the continent, too, have access to the vaccination. Because if not, uh, again, you know, countries in Africa will forge alliances with other nations, and the United States is going to, to fall behind. And, and, and I can't emphasize enough on the importance of the continent. It is a, a continent with a population of roughly 1.2 billion people, with some of the most youngest people um, on this planet, right? And, and, and as we know, the, 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 the resources and the talent and the ingenuity that exists on the continent is like no other. So it is incredibly important for the U.S. government to continue to engage with the continent and to strengthen bilateral and trade relations. But I think what needs to be more important is more trade agreements than anything else, because Africa needs jobs. Africa does not need humanitarian assistance um, as much. Africa needs job creation. Africa needs um, access to, to better institutions. Africa needs to strengthen their institutions. So in essence, working with their um, counterparts in America and across the world to ensure that their institutions are strengthened so that when democracy is attacked, it will stay intact, as we saw here in America. Our democracy was attacked, don't get me wrong, Mm. but because of the stress of our institutions, ultimately, it did not prevail. Let's take a couple of voice messages for the attention of Ms. Joanna Leblanc. Uh, Normally, I would have said Leblanc, B-L-A-N-C, but... It's Joanna Leblo. Two voice notes after which may be time for one call. Johannesburg, 714-2006. A conversation about perhaps the aspirations of the Biden administration with the particular slanted as to how it indeed might affect Africa and South Africa in particular. Two voice notes. Good evening, Songezo, and to your listeners as well. Well, I've always felt that uh, Joe Biden won the election simply because his name was not Donald Trump and he kept on telling people to wear masks but not only that also because he had a black uh, female vice president beside him i think that was just for pr that did wonders for him in terms of winning the elections i mean biden is the same guy who was um, 
part of the Obama ad administration, the same ad administration that perpetuated wars in Libya, all in the name of trying to get a hold of Libya's oil. So I'm not really sure if Joe Biden is this uh, hero or this uh, antagonist that you, or this protagonist that you guys paint him to be. Uh, if I was American, I would have voted for Trump. Thank you. Good evening, Mr. Songhez and the SFM and the rest of you. If Donald Trump is looking a place to stay or the job, he must come to Africa. I mean, we, we show Ubuntu and love and care. I mean, we're not going to show hatred the way he insulted the South American Africa. So he must welcome in Africa, particularly South Africa. We're going to look after him. We're going to show Ubuntu and the care. Mr. Malim Wembek, thank you. We got a couple of calls as well, um, and I don't know why the listeners like doing this. The conversation is about to end. Now they crawl out of the woodwork. Anonymous, you're very naughty, Mama. I love you very much, but you did this to me yesterday. You're doing it again. Let's take Jay in Durban Hello, first okay. up, and then yeah. let's go to... Okay, Anonymous first, and then Jay. Good evening, Anonymous. Good evening to you. Uh, sorry I dropped the line yesterday because it was almost news time, and besides, uh, you said you were... Rounding up. No worries, no worries. Uh, the guest. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, nevertheless, I want to talk about the new inaugurated um, Mr. Joe, uh, President Joe Biden and his uh, Vice President Kamala Harris. Mm. And I was uh, reading this article in the press and I've observed that the majority in his um, cabinet, the new shuffle and the new cabinet, are all of Indian origin. Those are in authority. So I'm wondering where are the black Americans and, you know, other people. Fantastic, Ms. John Lebloy is going to respond to that. Thank you very, very much. I can tell you right now, though, General Lloyd Austin is the Secretary of Defense, the first African-American to do so. He's in charge of the Pentagon. He has a defense budget of something like 800 billion rand in the United States. That is not a small portfolio. Let's take our second call, Jane Durbin. Good evening. Good evening to you. I, I, I am uh, having this uh, item. I talk about topic in regard to what's happening in South Africa. If Every uh, of our industries, manufacturers have been redundant through China's input here, manufactured there in China and being sold here. Where are the job creation going to come through? How did we manage in the past? We didn't have this influx of inferior quality material and appliances, food productions and all we got abundance of people and intelligence on this land to provide enough in employment. All the stakeholders, people with the millions and millions in the banks and wherever they've got the money, start upping them and get South Africa back on its road. Don't depend on China and other countries. We can do it by ourselves. Thank you very much. Much appreciated, Jay. Let's have final comment then from you, Ms. Jonah LeBlanc, because we are running very scarce for time. The first caller saying that he would have voted for Donald Trump. Joe Biden isn't nearly the goody-two-shoes person, essentially, that he has been made out to be, if not in this conversation, generally by the media. And the second one, just impressing the notion that Africa should own her destiny. We've got what we need and less dependency and more work. Your thoughts? And I, and I agree with the caller's uh, um, position that uh, the continent has all 
the resources that it that it needs um, to thrive. Uh, but but you can thrive even more when you're when you are engaged in, in partnerships, right, for the purpose of of trade. Yes, the, the continent has all of the resources that it needs to to do well. Uh, but but you know there 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 should be, um, and this is why I always argue for uh, policies that are beneficial to both sides, not just one side, right? Um, so if 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 the African if African governments take the front front seat um, to ensure that the policies are a reflection of the needs of the people, then um, then and strategic partnership is, is is absolutely the the way to go, and and, and it should be a brace uh, because um, united we stand and divided we fall. Because mm. we saw how one person was infected by this virus in Wuhan, China, how it led to the crippling of an entire global economy, and now we're at a standstill and we're trying to figure out how how to move forward as a world, not just as a nation, but as a world. Final comment. The last time a U.S. president visited South Africa was in 2013. Of course, it was the occasion of Madiba's funeral, but earlier that year, sometime around August, President Obama did make a state visit. How strong is the Biden administration's will and need to come and visit then South Africa or Africa at large, because Donald Trump did not do it. So the last person to have done so was Barack Obama, specifically in Kenya. And the significance of that gesture in relation to the U.S.'s position as it pertains to the continent. Again, the former administration was against globalization. So um, um, the lack of visits to the continent was very much expected. He, uh, he made it very clear that he was going to put uh, America first, um, and that, and he also told uh, leaders of, of African nations and, and all over the world that they too should take, make, put their countries and their people first. Uh, so that that was not, um, I was not surprised there. Um, but I think that when heads of states um, travel to um, to the United to the United States, and, and it, obviously heads of states from Africa as well travel to the United States, it shows the respect. That is that, that is needed to strengthen relations between between two nations, and I think South Africa, in particular, as the number one, as as a country which has one of the one of the top thriving economies on the continent, um, certainly um, needs to be visited by um, by by Biden. And also, I with Biden, he used to chair the the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, um, and so that committee had jurisdiction over um, U.S. and, 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 um, and um, relations with, with other nations. So he understands the importance of these strategic partnerships. So I think we're going to see a different approach from the Biden administration. Beautiful. Thank you so much then, Ms. Joanna LeBlanc. Thank you so much for your time, more especially because you have not been feeling great in the last couple of days. Of course, your insights are thoroughly always thought-provoking, and we appreciate them all the way across the continent and the hemisphere. All the best, and get well soon. Thank you. Thank you.